So I, I do encourage us all to get busy with some kind of, you know, systematic and focused and disciplined reading of Scripture, because that's what's going to set us apart and enable us. And so in those days where we do walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we'll know that He is with us and He's there to comfort us. Uh, we'll have something to draw on. The Spirit of God will have something to work with in our hearts. And kind of because we're dealing with the book of Acts, go and read through at least the book of Acts or get hold of that Bible reading program. If you're a little bit technology challenged, come and speak to one of us and we'll show you how to do it. We'll load it onto your phone and you can go for it. So God, we thank you for the privilege of reading your word, of allowing your word to impact us and change us so that we can become what you want. Because as you've spoken, we know you will fulfill in our lives. And what a privilege it is to approach this book of Acts. And it's with great excitement that we read so that we can understand what you said and what you did there, realizing that you'll continue to do it today until Jesus comes back. In the name of Jesus, amen. I'm going to take a 30-minute sermon and put it into seven minutes, <laughs> and, um, which is a good idea. So please turn with me to Acts chapter 1. And we're going to start with the first five verses. And so there's about four sermons out of that first chapter. Uh, and it's phenomenal. As you read and you pause and you pray and you ask the Spirit of God to help you, how much comes out. And I know that apart from some of the obvious stuff I'm going to point out, that as you read, you're going to come up with stuff that is going to blow your mind. Because the Spirit of God is committed to making Jesus real to us through the word. The spirit of God, when we read, is our interpreter. He wants to help us understand how Jesus handed this authority over to us and how the spirit of God anoints us, enables us, and wants to do something in us and then through us. And if we follow that program, if we follow that principle, we'll see this gospel go all the way from where we are to the ends of the earth. It's phenomenal how God looks at us and he says, as I look at you, I see the ends of the earth. Now what's stopping it? As we read through the book of Acts, he's going to address these things and challenge us so that we can become a people that are fluent and flowing with God. No momentum is breaking anywhere and he can do what he wants to do. And every gift here, every single gift is needed for the gospel to go from this Jerusalem, Joburg, Jerusalem, all the way to the ends of the earth. So in this first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. That's the book of Luke. Until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. A wonderful introduction. Um, and we understand context is important. He began in the book of Luke with what Jesus began to do and teach. And now through the book of Acts, he's showing what the Holy Spirit is going to do to the church that has been birthed by Jesus, empowered by the Spirit. Now we're going to see what Jesus is going to continue to do and to teach. Isn't that awesome? So if you have any misunderstanding as to what is your job, 
in the body of Christ. You know, often we want to find our function. We are going to do and we are going to teach. We are going to do and we are going to teach. Any situation you're in, that's the pattern. We're going to do and we're going to teach. God has anointed me by his spirit to do and to teach, to do and to teach. Then it says in verse 4, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart. That's quite a strong word, ordered. Give me a heart of obedience, please, Lord. You see, there is a way that God does things, and it's not our way. There is a way that seems right to me. It's amazing how I can look at my finance. There's a way that seems right to me. But you know what? What has God said? You go to the, I've just been reading through a lot of uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. I mean numbers at the moment. And, and, you know, when you go from Exodus onwards, it's this is how God wants things done. This is how you prepare a priest for ministry. This is how you prepare the tabernacle for worship. This is how you do a sacrifice in that. So that's the shadow. The, the kind of real thing today is let's live our lives in obedience to the command of God. And so thank goodness this initial 120 obeyed because he ordered them not to depart. And then we see the results in Acts chapter 2. But wait, wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You look at the task that we have just to survive in this world. It, it seems like I just can't do it, Lord. And many of our testimony is, is you know, there's, there's like a, if there's one solid continued record in my life, it's failure and inability, <laughs> but for the empowering of God. And as I look at this world and I think, how are we going to get this gospel from Joburg to the ends of the earth? I was chatting to the New Zealand pastors last week on Thursday. And I said, you are our ends of the earth. <laughs> and they said to me, and so are you. Isn't that awesome? So he's getting us to focus on them and them on us and us on Canada and down to South America and that. But as I look at it and I look at the complexity of visas, I look at the complexity of economies, I look at the South African rand that just keeps reducing. It's only possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. Obedience to God Wait, because I'm going to anoint you. Wait, because I'm going to empower you. Here's the testimony. In the context of our partnerships across the world, South Africa's uh, contribution to what we are doing globally in our partnership and preaching and planting far outstrips any other country at the moment. And you know what? God's not put off by rand dollar exchange rates. He's not put off by visa requirements. There's a miracle waiting for every one of us as we step out of our comfort zones and we take on the challenge of what God has called us to do. And so if, if I kind of look at this, these few verses over here, the, the kind of lesson I felt God saying is we need to get back to that discipline of waiting on God. That was awkward, wasn't it? That was 10 second pause. It's amazing how awkward we find pauses. You know, I, I, I just said to my good friend Glenn that with an ADHD temperament, I battle for, to wait on God. I really do. You know, I sit in my study and then as I'm waiting on God, I look at my books. Now, those are out of order. Go and sort those out. 
then I can see dust on my printer, so I go and clean that while I'm waiting on God. And so it is. And so I've developed some disciplines where I write down things as God shows me or remember, need to do this so that I can get to that space where I wait on God. And so to go through the headlines of today's preach, this issue of waiting on God is vital, is vital. You know, it's like we wait for a bus and a train. If you leave before it arrives, you're in trouble. Because eventually, if it's a metro, it's going to run you over. If it's a bus, you're going to look stupid walking down the road. No, we have to wait for God. They had to wait 10 days for God. And, and I think a lot of times we just move ahead blundering. And those muscles we so definitely need and that input and that revelation of God and the wisdom and the anointing is not there. We need to reconnect in our prayer, in our devotions with God. Uh, here's a song from all those who know about Christian rock and roll in 1982. <laughs> who said amen? Put your hand up. There's one or two of us here. This group was called Petra. More power to you. That was one of their songs, uh, the LPs, the song. Good things come to them that wait, not to those who hesitate. Sounds backwards, eh? So hurry up and wait on the Lord. <laughs> you got it. So here's the deal for me. The notes will be on the web, website. Waiting on God is not inaction or aimlessness. Waiting on God is a discipline we develop. Waiting on God is actively seeking his will. Waiting on God involves prayer and trust in his word. We wait until we see God answers or brings that deliverance or brings that anointing. It's a discipline. God assures us in his word that he will answer us, so we persevere. We wait on God for him to answer us in difficult situations. And sometimes in that place of waiting, because I'm faced with difficult circumstances, I get the grace I need. And I don't just blunder ahead and make all kinds of mistakes. We wait on God in prayer to strengthen our faith in him, waiting puts strength into us and builds up our spiritual muscles. Psalm 27 verse 14, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord, says David. Isaiah 65 verse 24 in closing, you can come up, Greg. Before they call, I will answer. While you are yet speaking, I will hear. Isn't that a great promise? So as we wait in on God and we get our strength from waiting on God, he's saying, I'm already working out your answers. I'm going to answer you. We can have faith in God. So I want to encourage us to start reintroducing that whole discipline into our lives. And, and, and not just kind of five minutes quickly, you know, read the word pray, but let's just pause for a moment and say, what do you want to say to me today? What do you want me to do? Are there people you want me to pray for? Just put your lists aside and learn that discipline of waiting on God. Thanks, Greg.